up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mid-Major Madness Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schutte. Uh Today's podcast is going to feature something a little bit different. It's going to be an interview I did with Northern Kentucky head coach John Brannon. Uh, some of the things we talk about include how he ended up at NKU, how he's kind of taken that program to the next level upon uh, being postseason eligible last year, and just kind of his general philosophy of how to run a mid-major program at that level. So here's John Brandon. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Chris, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming on. We're big fans of what you guys have been doing this year. I uh, just want to open up and kind of get your general thoughts on how the season's go, going so far. Uh, it's good. You know, we're we're currently sitting in uh, second place in the league, as you know, at eight and two. And you know, at this level, it's 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 uh, for any level, it's really a marathon. And you know, in pre-conference, it's oftentimes the schedule that you put together determines kind of the direction that uh, that things go in prior to conference play. We put a really difficult, one of the toughest schedules in the league, and um, I think it prepared us for conference play. And and it's an 18-game conference kind of gauntlet where you hope you get through it with as healthy as possible and certainly playing your best basketball towards towards the end of the year since we're right now we're a one bid league, you gotta play your best basketball going into March. Um, as far as the non conference scheduling goes, this is something we kind of tossed around internally about what the best balance is. What's your philosophy towards, you know, scheduling those non conference games? Are you looking for all you know, all power five buy game type things or are you looking to play some of the the other really good mid majors are just kind of finding that right balance. Yeah, I, I think there's a balance involved. I think it, I think you got to look at it from a few different angles. First, you walk into the season looking at okay, what type of team am I going to have, and are we looking at a potential at large bid? And if you're looking at a potential at large bid, then you really have to schedule aggressively in terms of getting your numbers to where they need to be to be able to take that opportunity. If you're looking at it as okay, you know, we need to gain wins and we need to put ourselves in a position to be prepared for conference play. Then it needs to be a situation where you try to get as many home games as possible, and you know try to get as many wins as possible. And at this level, that's difficult to do. So you know a lot of schools require you to bring in so much money and guarantees. We like to play one to two, uh, you know, power five games, and I, I like to do that year in and year out because I think it gives you an opportunity to grow your program on a national stage. But you also got to balance that with trying to get as many home games as possible, uh, and that that that's where the dilemma really comes in. You spent some time at at Alabama for a while. How does scheduling at the mid major level differ from, say, the power power five? Well, you don't have yeah, you don't have six hundred thousand dollars to buy games. There's the biggest difference. I mean, you know, at the power five level, you literally you'll go you'll go on the road maybe one time before conference play starts is a true road game. You know, I'm playing seven to eight true road games prior to conference play starting. So you wonder why the the, high, the highest level teams have great records and the mid majors have more blemishes on their record going into the conference play. It's exactly what I just said. It's, it, it points to exactly that. So 
you know, I'd like there to be a better balance. I'd like to see more mid-major teams get home games. I'd like to see more high-major teams go on the road. But the way it works out right now, that's certainly not been the case. Uh, go- going back to, you know, kind of those, those home games, you guys played uh, East Tennessee State twice this year, both home and away. Is that something that a lot of mid-majors are starting to, to look at as far as, you know, there's here's a mid-major, why don't we – set up something where we play them twice and get two good games on our schedule without having to really sacrifice a whole lot? Yeah, that's a great question. To be completely transparent, it was because neither one of us could get games. So Steve will tell you, and I don't think we would necessarily want to play each other, but it was the only way to get a game, and the best way to do it was, you know, we needed, but we both needed so many games that we were going to do it the same year. So uh, people have asked me that question a lot, and it's, you know, when you have success in a program at the mid-major level, the only window of opportunity that closes is scheduling. You know, recruiting opens, donors open, uh, exposure for your program opens, but scheduling oftentimes closes. I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of how you got started at Northern Kentucky. You took over in uh, the 2015-16 season. Something that was unique about your situation is, uh, the program wasn't eligible for, for postseason play. What's what's your mentality when taking on a task like that at a new program? Well, I tell you what, it was unique in a lot. Of so I, I get the job in April, and you're absolutely right. We had one more year of provisional Division One status, but we were in the A Sun when I took the job, and then in June, two months into the job, we're in the Horizon League. So we changed leagues before I even coached a game, uh, before our staff even coached a game. So there was a lot of change involved. Then you go into the year knowing you can't go to the tournament, but you can play in the conference tournament. It, it, it was great. It, it wasn't great for the current guys, but it didn't affect recruiting at all because every recruit you were talking to, they knew that they would have a chance to play in the tournament. So for us, that first year was it just about building culture. You really couldn't bring anybody in right away because nobody really wanted to come right away to play a year where they couldn't go to the tournament. So we knew we were going to take our lumps the first year, and, the, and the, probably the best thing we did is we didn't over, you know, just sign a bunch of guys just to put together a team. We 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 were very patient. We signed guys for the future, and it obviously has paid off to to, to this point. Um, uh, and that that really was our focus. But I give that team a lot of credit, and they're really the fan of the Tyler Weiss, the Jalen Billipses, you know, the guys like that that really laid the foundation for our program that first year when they know they couldn't go to the tournament. We didn't win a lot of games. But they laid it on the line and really built the culture of our program for future success, and then we were able to turn it around in a year. I'm, I'm really indebted to those guys. I, they uh, they were a big part of, uh, of what we've gotten done here. You mentioned culture, and I think that's kind of a, a key term that a lot of mid-major coaches bring up. Um, what what how do you describe the culture of Northern Kentucky basketball? Well, I, I think you know it's it's a fight every day. You know, you, you think you, you never have it where you want it, and don't, don't get arrogant enough to think that it's going to sustain without really fighting for it. And I, I say that first because that's the most important thing is to make sure you do, you're developing it. You know, for us, it's really about trust and toughness, and uh, it really starts there. You know, there's got to be a huge level of trust with the coaching staff and the players. It can't be us versus them and them versus us. There's got to be a level of okay. You know, I really believe in what we're doing. Because these guys are getting pulled in a lot of different directions, uh, you know, from families being in their ear to people outside the program to a bunch of different things. And if you can stay locked in and focused on the task at hand while probably having to sacrifice a little bit of your own personal agenda goals, 
then you got a chance to build a, a real culture. And then the other piece is toughness. You know, I, I always thought you could coach toughness and develop it through your program. You need to recruit it, and then it needs to be a part of your program as a culture once you've recruited towards it. So that's kind of been a basis for our culture here at uh, Northern Kentucky, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to sustain that. Um, as far as, you know, when you make the tournament next year, did you ever envision, or last year, did you ever envision, you know, in your first year eligible, like everything kind of coming full circle already and the program really starting to take off? Sure. You know, it's interesting. When I, when, uh, when I got the job, I, I sat in the, stood in the locker room with a group of men that I was, you know, honored enough to get a chance to eventually coach. And it was my first meeting with them. And I just got hired five minutes before. And I said, you know, we're going to win a championship with the men in this room. I just don't know what year it is. But it could be the freshman class in this room. It could be the junior class. And and I meant that. Now, you know, it gave you a little motivation to go do it. I'm not sure the guys believed it. Uh, and then we did, we did it the next year. So, you know, I can't say I expected it to be done that quickly. But we had a great group of young men. You know, we, we started playing well at the right time. And uh, it kind of went from there. Um, how, how has it changed this year, kind of from going from the hunter to being more of the hunted, especially in the Horizon League? Well, it's been a challenge. You know, we're getting everybody's best shot this year. Um, you know, it's it's a challenge internally. you got young men that, that have experienced winning, and they want to continue to do it, but they also, everybody wants a little bit bigger piece of the pie. You know, everybody wants their roles to increase, which is good because everybody's gotten better. But at the same time, there's only so many roles to be filled. So there's challenges with that, and there's challenges with the fact that, you know, you go on the road and people are, you normally don't expect much from you, and now they're kind of circling you on their schedule as a team that need to play well to, to, to beat. So, um, you know, it was a new challenge for me, and it's been a challenge for our team. As far as, you know, recruiting goes, um, after you, you make the tournament, has there been any kind of uptick in, in interest as far as a little bit of name recognition in the area? It's a great question again. Um, you know, it's been it's been great to grow the brand of Northern Kentucky University, first and foremost, in Northern Kentucky basketball. And that's really what the, the run of the tournament helped do. Um, as far as recruiting goes, I think we've gotten in with some young men probably quicker than we have in the past. But, you know, recruiting is like anything else in any other industry. There's no, no such thing as finishing second. You have to get guys. So I think it's gotten us involved and we, you know, and it's just about finishing. And we've had a really good first recruiting class, an early signing recruiting class. So I kind of look at it more, Chris, that it's kind of grown the brand of our university and our men's basketball team and that's trickled into recruiting. You, you mentioned the brand. That was, that was something else I wanted to ask you about. Especially this year, I've seen a lot more, you know, of an online presence from a fan base. Is that Have you really seen kind of a change in how much support there is from the program just on a year-to-year basis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see an attendance. You can see it in the, in, the, in the buzz around town here in Northern Kentucky. You know, we're in a tremendous basketball region. You know, we've got Xavier and the University of Cincinnati, two at this time top ten programs in the country that are less than six miles away from us. Yeah. And then we've got the University of Kentucky and Indiana within an hour and a half. So this is a really a basketball mecca, if you will, of college basketball. So we're, we're fighting for our spot in it, and you know we're getting you know five six thousand people at our games. Tremendous following. 
And uh, so, yeah, I have seen the uptick, and our guys have noticed it with their with their uh, being on campus and their interaction with their with the student body, with their peers. And um, it's something that we want to continue to grow, and uh, it's something that we had planned on doing since we got here. So it's been it's been good. It's been good. People are now wearing NKU uh, sweatshirts instead of always UK sweatshirts around the uh, northern Kentucky region. Yeah, especially in a, a state like Kentucky that has you know. Like you said, University of Kentucky, Louisville, and then obviously the Cincinnati schools. Um, it's hard to carve out a niche, and then also some of those other mid-major schools. Um, do you find yourself crossing paths with a lot of the other uh, coaches from the area at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're for, you know we, the interesting thing about the dynamic of this is all you know the coaches here locally all grew up in this area, so. Myself, Chris, Mack, and Vic Cronin all grew up here. So we've known each other since we were kids. And uh, those guys are a little bit older than I am. But uh, and, and, our, and our children are all the same age. So, yeah, we, we cross paths, you know, quite a bit, whether it's in the basketball realm of things or socially, just spending time with each other and picking each other's brain about basketball stuff or our families being around each other. Would you ever want to try to set up some sort of, you know, Home and home series, or like a neutral site game with, with them, if possible. Yeah, I'd love it. Let's do it. Let's let's put together a UC Xavier, Northern Kentucky, and then we can fit my Ohio or wherever else we want to fit in there. Dayton. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that, but you know, it's, we'd certainly love to do it. Uh, I don't know if it helps you know them as much as it would help our program. Uh, so. You know, we'll see. You know, I think there's, there's, you know, we'll have a future series with one of those schools here coming down the line. I'm sure. Um, you mentioned Dayton. That was, that was something I wanted to ask you about. You spent a lot of time with uh, Anthony Grant, both as when you were playing at Marshall, and then um, with him on staff at Alabama. How much has he helped you um, kind of get get your feet in as a Division One basketball coach? Uh, tremendously. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't put, you know, identify it in anything more than, you know, the program that we have is the direct reflection of the time that we spent together. Uh, you know, you, you, you're a product of your experiences. And one of the things that I've learned from Coach Grant and, and Billy Donovan, who was my college coach, was, you know, they've got a, they've got a plan. They've got a blueprint of how to run a successful program. If you can put your work ethic, your personality, and your communication skills, then you've got a chance to be really successful. And I think you find that in a lot of coaching families uh, where there's a blueprint and it's done by people long before myself and long before some of the younger coaches. And if you can follow that, you can find success. And, you know, Anthony's a guy I talk to regularly. Uh, tremendous amount of respect for him and his family. And uh, certainly wouldn't – I don't think we have a – the program we have right now without his influence. Uh, you mentioned uh, you talk to him on a regular basis. How much does that change in the season? Are you guys, you know, maybe on travel, bouncing ideas back and forth about schematic things, or is it just talk about, you know, just the general season, like, hey, I saw your game, you guys look good? Yeah, like just that. Yeah, exactly. You know, off season maybe. You know, a lot of times when you're as close as we are, it's more about your kids and say how they're yeah. doing and, and your wives and the fact that we're so close to each other right now helps in terms of only being about an hour away. But no, it's usually a text here or a phone call here on the way back driving home saying, "Hey, great win." You know, you, you like, you know, are you guys getting better. Are you, 
you get where you want to go. And I'm always asking him more questions. He ain't asking me any questions. So it's more of a situation of, you know, we, we talk more hoops, more detailed basketball stuff in the off season because uh, your 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 worlds are just kind of going so fast during the season. Yeah. Uh, as far as your roster goes, you mentioned that you you really enjoy the group of guys you have. But you have a nice balance of you know some talented underclassmen, but also having senior leadership. Is that kind of the right mix of of, of players to kind of sustain a program on a year to year basis? Do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think you got to have balance in your classes, and and then you got to have right pieces. You know, everybody's got to be on the right seats of the bus. You know, you can't have too many of one thing. And you know, we have a certain criteria for each position that we have that we've developed. And um, I think right now our roster makeup is pretty good. You know, we've got two seniors that really bring a lot to our program, and then we've got a sophomore class that brings a lot, and then we've got. You know, several juniors, including Drew McDonald, that are, are huge parts of our team. So, you know, you hope to keep that balance. You know, in, in this environment, college basketball, where it's a revolving rosters are a revolving door, I'm not sure that balance is as easy to keep as it's been in the past in terms of sustaining it year in and year out, which means you got to constantly be looking at recruiting. Um, but where we're at currently, yeah, I really do like it. Um, and I can change in a heartbeat. As far as you know, you mentioned the turnover, and the, there's always the threat of transfers, especially at this level, so they can can transfer up. How do you how do you kind of kind of manage that? Because I know there's a lot of a lot of coaches who hate it, and then there's other coaches who are fine with it because they never really have any issues with it. Yeah, I mean, I you know I want what's best for the student athlete first and foremost, um, but I think continuity and you know, not changing constantly is what's best for for young people in their growth. Um, you know, I think we're in a we're in a situation right now where, um, you know, people look at it and say, hey, "I got four years of eligibility. I want to maximize all four years." You know, I I hope maximizing means winning, uh, and, and not just individual performance, because if it means winning, then I think the the accolades and all the things that you want to achieve from a personal standpoint, which are very important, I'm not underselling that at all, are are oftentimes achieved. You know, if you look back at Coach Donovan's back-to-back national championship teams, three of those guys were top nine, top nine draft picks, and none of them averaged over 15 points a game. Uh, you know, if you win, it opens up doors for everyone. So I'd like to think that, you know, if, if you're in a winning program, that you want to try to sustain that. So... You know, I hope I'm answering your question. I don't like all the transfers. I think it it's difficult, and I think oftentimes young men transfer, and then they, they don't have quite the career that they were on the road to have at their current institution, and I think there's a lot of stats to back that up. Um, as far as, you know, the rest rest of the season, um, you guys are – you've got eight games left in conference play before, before the tournament. What do you need to do to get ready – to be in the best position uh, for for an NCAA tournament run. Yeah, you know we got to be ascending. We got to be playing our best basketball March second through the sixth. How we do that? Well, currently we got to we got to become more efficient offensively. You know we're not great in transition right now. There's some different things that we've got to we've got to clean up. You know, um, you know defensively we just continue to be more consistent and not have you know highs and lows of different halves. 
Um, there's some specific things individually. So guys just got to take the next step on, which we'll, we'll make sure that happens. But we need to we need to start you know start playing our best basketball here leading into March. And I think there's certain things you can do with that. I think this team is not play, you know we're not near where we can be. It'll be our job as a coaching staff to get us there. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier that when you first took the job, you were in the Atlantic Sun, but immediately switched to the Horizon League. What has been your your general thoughts on the, the Horizon League? Is it it's not one of those those mid major conferences that gets a lot of national like airtime, but all of the fan bases are, are really really passionate, and mm-hmm. I, I think it makes for an interesting dynamic uh, across the league. It's a great point. Uh, the things that pop up in my mind, first and foremost, are the coaching. They're, they're the, how well-prepared and well-coached the teams in this league are and how you have to be ready walking into each game, uh, regardless of where you're playing at or what you may think is going to happen. Uh, the second piece is the basketball-centric league, You know, meaning there's a, lot, you know, there's a lot of resources put into the basketball programs and uh, there's a lot of expectations from the fan bases to compete for, for championships in this league. Which, from a college coach with only 350 plus Division One teams in the country, you want to be in a league like that. So, you know, I I had no idea what to expect when I came in, and I've been nothing but uh, nothing but impressed. You know, I've been impressed with our league office there in Indianapolis. John and his team do a great job, and I think their forward thinking and their approach to how to best model this league and take us to a situation where we're having success in the NCAA tournament. Uh, do you ever? foresee a program or a, a scenario where the program gets to a point where they can maybe move up a league. Yeah, that's that's not a that's that's uh, that doesn't lay underneath my responsibility list. Uh, they, they don't I don't get to make that decision. And right. you know I think there's a tremendous amount of uh, of uh, respect and uh, and really likability from our fan base in our administration here with with being in the Rise of the League and feel like it's really a great fit. And uh um I think that's been really played out in our in our two and a half years in the league. What do you think the ceiling for this program is, say five years down the line? You know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. You know, I I really you know, we we've got a plan in place to get better every day here and, and we're very process oriented and we evaluate each year at the end of the year and then we put in a plan in place for the next year. And uh you know, who would have thought we would have won a tournament championship in our in our first year, and, and hopefully, God willing, competing for a, for a championship this year. And uh, so, I, I I don't know where it can go. I do know we've got a you know a progressive AD and Ken Butoff, and we've got a we've got a, a region which is you know basketball thirsty. So I, I think the I think you know if you're a recruit or if you're someone that wants to watch a fun style play of basketball and you want to be a part of a winning program. I think Northern Kentucky is now something that, you know, kind of a little easier to mention uh, in a family room or in a, in a boardroom uh, in terms of uh, the next step for, for, for someone's son out there because I think it's, it's, it's a program that's very much on the rise. Coach, I, I want to thank you again. Well, I certainly appreciate you guys. I think, you know, mid-major basketball needs someone carrying the flag and, and pushing because, you know, everything on TV is typically the Power Five conferences and, People, people that understand the Horizon League realize what great basketball is played at the Horizon League in the Missouri Valley, and what you're doing is only assisting in that. So, you know, from a standpoint of a coach, well, you know, thank you, and thanks for having me on today. Again, I want to thank Northern Kentucky head coach John Brandon for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Um, 
for him and the rest of the site, I'm Chris Schutte. Uh If you like the podcast, like and subscribe as always, and we will talk to you again soon. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.